This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you in part by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Are you willing to sacrifice your life? Bitch, I'm a monster, no good blood sucker. Fat motherfucker, now look who's in trouble. As you run through my jungles, all you hear is rumbles. Kanye West samples, here's one for example. Gossip, gossip, nigga, just stop it. Everybody know I'm a motherfucking monster. I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert. I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first of a new series. The Esoteric Short Order. This is a bit of an experiment for us. Once a month, we will run a convention-length, one-shot scenario, then present it in a series of hour-long episodes over the remainder of the month. We are doing this for those of you who prefer your actual plays to come in bite-sized installments, and also so that we can play a wider variety of games. This month, we're playing Rusted Veins, the Vampire 5th Edition Alpha Playtest Scenario. For our first episode, we go over the mechanics of the game, the setting, and the characters. Enjoy! Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Hi. So, here we go. Yes. Um, I have assigned you all characters. Oh. Because that's what I No, do. personally? We got personal assignation. Oh! I thought about all of you as players, and I thought, who do I want to play what? And I thought, oh my god, there's no way. I am too! Alright, so this is, um... This is wonderful. I just thought about So, don't lift it up, don't turn it over until you... This is my dossier? That's yours. Don't turn it over until I say... It's a test packet. Don't turn it over until... There it is. Turn into a pillar of salt. If you will. I have my number two pencil. Iowa Basics. I didn't know there was some mistake uh, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut the rules. Mechanical pencil all the way. Ooh. Thank you, Bess. You've always been filmed. Yeah, she's been, she's been prepping the hell out of this thing. All right. So, now I understand that like printer ink conundrum. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, one, two, three. You can lift it over. Oh, ah. Start to check it out. Ooh. Oh shit. Oh man. Oh, this is awesome. I should post this as a. Do you have these in file form? I do. Whoa. I should Chicago! Post this. Oh my god. Look at this. This oh is fantastic. I know. So, for the listener, okay, so I don't know if y'all listen, of course, y'all listened to me before talk about. Or, <laughs> this or is the run. first time I'm ever hearing your voice. <laughs> To run, to run a vampire uh, chronicle, I'm usually shuffling around with character portraits, and I'm just like, fuck that noise, because I cannot do that while I'm trying to run this. Right. So, I decided to create a graphic with all of the characters, plus it's also serving like in a story kit type mode, where you get to see characters, and you, you're not, we're not going to necessarily be playing all of these, mm-hmm. and um, and so I will be able to play some of these, most, you know, most of them are the, you're, the characters you're going to see me play, and then the characters that you are playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just and I wouldn't necessarily do this if it wasn't a playtest, because we're on a short time constraint. Usually we have time, and like, I think it's good to let players, like, pick who they think their character looks like, who they are, the feel, but I thought in this case, it just, we have to do a lot more shorthand, yeah. mm, right. and I just wanted it to be more immediate. <clears throat> Increase, increase the brightness here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, for the sake of time. Yeah, for the sake of time, I did that. So, I want you all, you have a very um, a very detailed backstory to each of your characters. Mm. And so, I want to give you the time to read that. So you may want to pause while people are reading. Okay. Do Can do. So. Mm. Um, no, this we're is, back. Yeah, we're back. So, no, this is not like the pre-alpha where you are legitimately fucked from the jump. You actually do have some agency here. Uh, if you look at your character sheets, you'll see that you know you have you know you're pretty well equipped to handle some things. So I just want to go over a couple little system stuff first, and then we can get into the nitty gritty of it. Sure. So, um, so for this particular edition of Vampire, difficulty means the number of successful dice required to succeed at a task. 
not the target number for the individual dice. So you always have to be rolling six or above to be successful. When I'm telling you that it's a difficulty three, that means it's like three successes. you need three successes. To three, three sixes or better. Three sixes okay. or better mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. well. If you roll one, it's like, if I say it's a difficulty one, it means like, okay, you could easily do this. This oh. is probably something you'll be able to do. Difficult, um, so easy is one success, standard is two, moderate three to four, challenging five, hard six, very hard seven to eight successes, and nearly impossible is nine to ten successes. Um, some rolls are opposed. Um, if your roll includes no successes, your character failed. Um, so we can define what that means. Let's see, and then... You can spend, um, unlike other Vampire or World of Dark, Chronicles of Darkness or whatever, you can spend a point of willpower to re-roll any or all dice. Oh. Any roll, including Hunger and Frenzy. Okay. Mm. Yeah, if your roll includes any successes but fails by one success, you may opt to succeed at a cost. You succeeded in your attempt, but something went wrong. Okay, so that means we can suggest the cost. Well... Um, you succeeded in your attempt, but something happened to make things worse for you in any way. You take damage, attract unfriendly and powerful notice, mm. lose something you value. Any player, including you or the storyteller, can suggest the cost. If it's too high, you can always opt to fail instead. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why with willpower you can, it says any or all. So it's like if I rolled, you know, two successes, and these are my fails, and I needed three. Reroll the fails. I can just hold those two and then reroll the fail. When you roll a dice and you get a zero on two normal dice, so not your hunger dice, which I'll get into in just a second, because you'll be rolling your hunger dice with your regular dice with every roll. Oh. A result of two, a zero or like a ten on two normal dice is a critical success. Oh. And any results on a ten, if you get a ten on any of your hunger dice, it's a messy critical. All right, so speaking of hunger, we are using, actually, why don't we talk about humanity first, and then we'll get into hunger. So with humanity, um, your character begins with a humanity seven, so you should have humanity seven. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at my discretion, a vampire loses one humanity point by engaging in a truly bestial and appalling act, heinous mass murder, just really bad stuff that you do, decisions that you make based on how you're treating mortals and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, or if we embrace somebody, right? Um, it doesn't say that. We're not going to get that deep oh, into okay. it. So. <laughs> um, so another thing that they're bringing, and this is from, I think this is from Vampire the Requiem, um, each vampire begins with three touchstones, living humans who represent what you used to value in life. Mm. A touchstone might be a surviving human spouse, lover or partner, a human child, a human you admired in life, someone you have come to recognize as a rare, decent person, even in your blood-rimmed eyes, a volunteer at the animal shelter, a priest, nurse, school, or you know, social worker. Okay. So just someone that you held very dear um, as a mortal. Somebody who guards or symbolizes or protects the thing you value. Mm -hmm. That is your touchstone. Mm -hmm. So you may have some touchstones identified in your narratives, but maybe on your character yes. sheets too. Mm -hmm. So there's some people there. Um, <clears throat> so that's there. A touchstone is damaged when something bad happens to them and usually causes and usually something caused by the kindred at a remove, or even something stirred up by the vampire's actions. So mm. we'll see if something mm. happens to your touchstones while we're playing this. I imagine I would get pretty upset if something should happen to my touchstone. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, humanity is what keeps the beast at bay. When your humanity drops, a frenzy becomes more likely. Okay. So getting into the hunger. Hunger dice. Hunger is the beast at its very worst, a relentless, undeniable, and utterly unquenchable thirst for mortal blood. This conflict is represented by vampires having the unique trait of hunger. <laughs> Salute. It's measured on a sliding scale. Mm. A vampire with a hunger of zero is sated and satisfied, whereas a vampire with a hunger of five is ravenous. The higher the number, the more starved for blood the vampire becomes. The hungrier the vampire is, the harder it becomes to resist the influence of the blood, which is what you want. Okay. Default level of hunger is one. This is the normal state of vampires at all times where the thought of blood is appealing all the time, though you can resist it and go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, it's fine. So should we go ahead and fill ours into one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So hunger dice... Oh, okay. Hunger dice is a persistent problem for all vampires. It's just it's something that you're always having to deal with. And so reflecting this in the game in the 5th edition, which, again, I slagged off at first, but now I love it. Um, <laughs> hunger dice is part of your dice pool for skill rolls, including when using disciplines. 
Hunger hmm. dice otherwise function as regular dice, scoring successes on a six and above. Hunger dice are limited by your dice pool. If you are at a hunger five and your dice pool is four, you only roll four dice. Uh, on a roll including hunger dice, if you roll a single one on your hunger dice, your hunger has distracted you momentarily and you lose your next turn. Um, <laughs> if you roll two or more ones on your hunger dice, or two or more ones on your hunger dice, the gnawing hunger in your veins forces you to select a compulsion, which I have that list of compulsions. Ooh, hey. And there's, what? That's an excellent. Yes. So, for our normal dice, we're looking for six or above. Mm -hmm. Ten is a critical. Mm -hmm. For our hunger dice, mm -hmm. we're only affected if we roll ones, or if we roll yes. criticals. Yes. Okay. So, so like if my dice, if my dice pool is uh, on the hunger dice. Yes. normally six, yeah. and I have two points of hunger, I simply take those out, put those in. They oh. still function like normal dice. So I'm just going to roll them. Hey, look at that! Those were two successes on my hunger dice. Plus, wow, that's a really good roll. Yeah. Uh, that's six successes. So. <laughs> Yeah. I know. That's wasted. Wasted. So I know. However, if yes. I had rolled uh, a For one instance. there on that, then that would be a one hunger dice means I'm temporarily distracted. Yeah, you're like, oh. If I had rolled, if both of those guys had come up ones, then I'm dealing with the compulsion. Yeah. Mm. Uh, within the so playing. Compulsions oh. are, again, two or more ones? Two, two yes. ones or more. Yes. Yeah. And they have to be on the hunger dice only. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Okay. And yeah. like what David just said about the dice pool, so whatever your hunger hunger is, like your one, you're going to include that one red dice or what whatever dice you've designated as your hunger dice mm -hmm. in your roll in order to see how you're doing. Because okay. it is your, it is, I mean, it what so drives you. Okay. Those dice are always going to be informed by our hunger quantity, mm -hmm. but then as you said, capped by how many we're rolling. So mm -hmm. if we're at three, mm -hmm. we're rolling only two dice, mm -hmm. we're only gonna roll two. Right, mm -hmm. okay. right, right. It's never right. gonna exceed the number of no. dice. Okay, no. gotcha. But wow. they'll always be included in your rolls no matter what. Mm -hmm. Wow, so it could it could come to pass that you're rolling solely hunger dice? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. In, okay, the only way to avoid consequences of a compulsion is to spend a point of composure, canceling all hunger dice, all hunger dice ones and allowing you to quash the unwanted impulse at least temporarily. Um, and then I mentioned the messy criticals <laughs> if you roll a 10 on your hunger dice, no matter what you're doing, because it may it will just strike you um, when you least suspect it. I have two big points of composure, so. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I have a walking three. Okay. <laughs> so compulsion is a behavioral urge a vampire must endure um, when she cannot or will not control her hunger. Um, again, each time a dice pool pull results in two ones on the hunger dice, the vampire must either expend a point of composure or suffer a compulsion. Just want to make sure that's clear. Okay, so moving on. Mm -hmm. Oh. If I may, uh, you gain a point of hunger every night. Yeah. Oh no. Because yeah. you have to feed. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, every time you heal one point of aggravated damage, you add one hunger. Mm -hmm. um, other actions cause you to make a hunger roll. If the roll comes up one to three, you gain one hunger. That would be uh, make a hunger roll immediately after you do any of the following. Temporarily increase an attribute by one dot. Activate or use a discipline. Heal superficial damage. Or gain blush of life. So if I wanted to appear human, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's all well and good, but I still have to roll a dice. Oops, I just gained a thought of hunger. Mm. Crap. Okay. That kind of thing. Yes. Oh wait, that's called a hunger roll? Hunger roll. Yeah, it's just a single die roll. Mm -hmm. One to three, you gain a so point of hunger. Like a <clears throat> An additional sort of penalty roll. Exactly. If you're not actually rolling, you're you're you're, you're vamping out. You're being a vamp. Yeah. And that, it might make you hungrier. Can that die roll ever be reduced below one? No. Well, because as long as I'm within Gary, Indiana, I roll one less die when making a hunger check. Oh. Yeah, neat. because you have a yeah, you have, I, a, a, I have flock. a flock. Right. So do I never nice. make hunger checks? No, then? no, you okay. will be making them, but they're but, not going to be as it, dramatic for you. Okay, so the hunger pool can increase beyond. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because let's say something like something happens, or you get delayed, or you're not around people, or you know something happens, and then your hunger would increase. Okay. You're not if you're not able to feed. Um, right. Okay. Are you? Well, good? and then feeding. Does feeding reduce our hunger? Yes. Good. Should. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> I'd imagine so. I don't know. Oh, really yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, the rules were very vague. Oh, here we go. Uh, a vampire can drink a small, non fatal amount of blood from a human. Right. This lowers your hunger by one. The human is left with few ill effects. Probably feel a bit lethargic. If your hunger is three or above, you must spend a point of composure to feed in this manner right. to avoid consuming more blood. Right. 
Okay. Uh, and you can drink a large quantity of blood that would harm the vessel. This lowers your hunger by two. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. So, um, and well, hopefully you are feeding and pre- oh, okay. if you completely drain somebody, your hunger goes to zero. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's the only way to get your hunger to zero. But that would result in killing them. Say, well, yeah. I was going to say reducing our humanity, yeah. though. That yes. counts as an action. That Absolutely would. would. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Potentially. And so feeding hopefully will prevent you from being provoked to a frenzy, but that can happen. Mm-hmm. So anytime your hunger dice reach a total of five, so if you have a hunger of five, you must immediately make a hunger frenzy t- check. Even if it happens in the middle of a scene, it doesn't matter. Just I need to know when that, if you reach that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it also applies every time you fail a hunger roll while already at hunger five, unless you're already in a frenzy. All right. <clears throat> if you're checking for frenzy, you roll composure. Mm-hmm. Current composure. Ho oh. ho. Oh, oh, shit. So if you spent all your composure, you frenzy automatically. Right. But let's just say I had two composure. Yeah. The target, this is a roll low. This is the only time you want to roll low. Target number is under your current humanity, which would be okay. under seven. So again, I roll. That time I got two successes. Okay. So you're fine. So I'm fine. Um, would those be hunger dice? Uh, no, because it's a composure roll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hunger Great. dice are only used when you're specifically being told to make a hunger roll, or when you're roll adding them or to when you're doing disciplines. a task or yeah. a discipline. So the majority of your rolls will involve hunger dice, but just not your composure roll. Okay. Yes. All right. So we will. We can always repeat and discuss this more as we go along. Yep. I'd like to get uh, use this time now to introduce your characters, and you can tell me about who they are and who, the, however, whatever you feel like sharing with the group. Quick question before we yes, start. Yeah. <clears throat> are we playing um, modern? So yes. So it's it's, it's October. It's October first, twenty seventeen. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Blowing your mind. Uh, it's Gary, Indiana. <laughs> the time now. <laughs> yeah. And um, so just to make this clear, I so rusted veins. Um, it's a tangential continuation from the first Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle that was mm. was created, forged in steel. It follows on ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Um, like Forged in Steel, Rusted Veins is set in the city of Gary, Indiana, a now dilapidated urban wasteland once at the heart of America's steel industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As with other cities in the Rust Belt of America, Gary suffered horribly from the 60s through to, present, to, the, to the present night as industry moved away. Nothing new came to the city to take its place. Unemployment and homeless figures grow year on year. The city has held the title of murder capital more than once. Illegal drug use is rife. Police corruption is endemic. Yeah. Gary is a shithole. Yep. But vampires are not exclusive to the glamour of L.A. and the glitz of Vegas. Mm. Some kindred make their havens in urban squalor by misfortune of their embrace, exile from more opulent domain, or willingly choosing such a den of vice as a hiding place. Mm. Certainly few Camarilla vampires choose to rummage through Gary to discover the target of a blood hunt, knowing they're in Gary is punishment enough. <laughs> <laughs> The Camarilla nominally holds the city through the paper prince, Modius. His court is largely empty these nights, as true Camarilla kindred know better than to remain in Gary if they want to scale the sex slippery hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Most vampires in Gary identify as anarchs, but even they are a dissolute group. Their head is a self-styled baron going by the epithet of juggler. Right. In recent years, he has assembled neonates beneath his banner, with talk of an advance on Chicago, Milwaukee, or Indianapolis. Good luck. The likelihood yeah, is juggler. Really. The likelihood, you, yeah, you're onto him. The <laughs> likelihood is juggler just wants a private army to call his own. He's not leaving Gary. Nobody really leaves Gary. Oh. Juggler and Modius have engaged in their in their private war for decades, maybe centuries now. Sex matter less to these two than who has controlled the domain one night to the next. So, let's see here. I gave you all character handouts for the scenario. Mm-hmm. Each of the scenarios protagonists has a personal agenda, even though this does not automatically make them opposed to each other. Right. So you are a coterie, which is a group, and so you are bound together in a way that we could figure out how or why. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, but first I'd like you to review um, what you'd like to share with us. So the protagonists in the scenario all have suffered in some way. Yes, Jade. Okay. Modius is the prince. Okay, cool. He's the paper prince of Gary. There we go. And Juggler is a, a self-styled baron of the Anarchs in Gary. Mm-hmm. Just making sure. He's a bruja. So, 
Whether through the misfortune of birth in a city like Gary, long-term injury or addiction, or simply the embrace ruining an otherwise comfortable life, all the characters want more than their current lot. This is typical of anyone living in po a poverty-stricken city, where just a city away opportunity abounds, discrimination is lighter or better concealed, and violent death is considerably less likely. Mm. So, these the most mortals who live there have no means material or otherwise of escape. The same plight constricts each of our protagonists, whether through lack of financial resource or crippling fear of the second inquisition, or a <laughs> lack of allies outside the city, most kindred embraced in Gary remaining Gary, travel is not a safe option. So, just wanted to let you know, we mentioned that Gary is an 85% um, African-American city, and unless explicitly described differently, all characters and NPCs are black. Uh, so let's talk about who you are. I will start with Jen. Okay. You can describe what you want to share about this and ideas of maybe, just any ideas, anything that comes to mind. All right. I am Sydney One Round Middleton. I'm 22. I am Gary's Ronda Rousey. <laughs> 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 I am prideful. That's mm. my vice. My virtue is that I'm honest. <laughs> I'm an amateur boxer with too much responsibility. Hmm. I am headstrong, confident, and my um, older brother Zion is very important to me. He's involved in the drug trade, and I enjoy fighting. Hmm. I'm interested in seeking other kindred to fight. I'm Clan Bruja. Mm -hmm. I'm fit. I'm really good at athletics and that type of thing. I'm really bad at technology. Hmm. So that gives you an idea of who I am. Okay. Great. Thank you. Shiv. Um, Jeremiah Padre Patterson, a uh, street preacher, but um, very, uh, <clears throat> I guess, hypocritical, racked with self-doubt. Mm -hmm. So um, sort of kicked out of the official churches after he... Uh, you know, robbed the parishioners a little bit and yeah. stole copper wires out of the walls. Oh, so um, just a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you gotta make do. Once the uh, once the city dropped into poverty and the workforce became like uh, homeless and uh, and drug addicts, he became a street preacher and create gathered a significant flock. Uh, he is very generous, but he is a masochist. Mm -hmm. um, and he has the most affinity in the coterie with uh, Private Jordan Lynch and uh, uh, Mallard Ellery. Okay. Anything else you want to share? Or? Uh, we'll learn more as we go on, I'm sure. Did I say he was in uh, World War Two? No. He's a oh. World War Two veteran. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Very good. Pretty sure. All right. That's all you want to share? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Jade. How ominous. <laughs> really, that's really? all you're sharing. <laughs> He's got three points of animism? I don't know. <laughs> well, your clan or your... Oh, he's an Osferatu. You'd, you'd notice that immediately upon seeing the fact that he doesn't have a nose. Yeah, but he uses a mask, too, mm. as Nosferatu are wont to do. That is true. All right. Mm -hmm. To move around. Segway to Jade. <laughs> I'm Maylord. I am a cop. Okay. I have a reputation in town, and everybody knows not to fuck with me. Mm -hmm. uh, conversely, if you need the best feeding spots in town, I can hook you up. <laughs> um, similarly, I have a mask, but I prefer to keep myself hidden. I'm also known for autumn, so mm -hmm. you guys know essentially what I want you to look, think I look like. You know, if you know what I look like at home. Mm. Um, you can see my virtue is just, my vice is disloyal, definitely my reputation is a dirty cop, mm. and I have no shame about that. Wow. And, um, yeah, I seem to have some, uh, history with Zion as well. Oh, yeah. I dealt with them in the past before I was embraced. Mm. And, uh, also with, uh, Padre over there. Mm. So, yeah. Alright, cool, thank you. Andy. I am playing Zion Middleton, mm. elder brother of Sydney. I want everyone to call me Snowman, but nobody does. 
says it all. <laughs> However, in spite of that, I am very ambitious um, and am kind of a low-level, uh, yeah, drug kingpin, I guess. Mm-hmm. How I might style myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have connections with the Camarilla, so that would be Modius. Uh, Modius. In fact, I'm kind of known as Modius's lapdog. Oh. Oh, yep, it's true. <laughs> Story checks out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was embraced before Sydney. Um, wow, so your siblings and you're both kindred. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. It is. It is unfortunate that that happened to her, but that's her fault for coming back to Gary as far as I'm concerned. And, um, yeah, I am ambitious. That's all I'll say. Anything else you want to share? Um, well, I think I am the, uh, I'm going to be pulling everyone together. Apparently. Okay. But, uh, we'll get into that. All right, we'll yeah. That. So, Coterie, you have a, a, you all are, you are all connected in some way mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple different options. You can be something called the Prince's Hounds. This coterie exists because Modius ordered its creation. He considers you as deniable, expendable trained beasts. <laughs> um, nice turf, guy. Turf lords. I love how the Camarilla is getting painted in the 5th edition. <laughs> Total assholes. Yeah. Turf lords. Your coterie exists to protect your hunting grounds or something else there from other vampires. Mm-hmm. Allied sires. Your coterie exists because all your sires are allied for some complex reason of <laughs> higher vampiric politics. This alliance has been fairly stable, even with the rise of the Second Inquisition and the Anarch Revolts. Hmm. You, um, so that's one thing. And then the last one is that you're an Anarch Cell. Your coterie exists because you're an Anarch Cell, possibly inactive or sleeping. You may not have openly rebelled yet, or you may be declared, or you may be declared in a shatter zone like Gary, even openly proclaiming Anarch tendencies doesn't disqualify you from Modius's presence <laughs> or remove you from the city's vampiric ecology. Uh. In fact, you you likely prefer Modius to whoever Chicago would put in charge as prince following his overthrow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> There's worse than Modius. Uh, apparently. Mm. So, what do you all I think? I know Leggy. Like <laughs> what the? <laughs> we have the Prince's Hounds, Turf Lords, Allied Sires, or Anarch Cell. I like Turf Lords. Turf Lords don't doubt it. Turf too. Lords? I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. We all seem yeah. to be sort of like or most of us, with the exception of Jen, seems to be sort of like the heads of certain, or not necessarily heads, but like representatives in certain societal matters. So, you know, you've got like the drugs, you have the police and the homeless. So. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason I came back. Maybe it's related to whatever this thing is we're protecting. Possibly, yeah. So you want to think about right now, um, you will have, you have a turf that you are protecting. Um, plus two to all test to hunt on your home turf, plus one to test to detect, investigate, or discover strangers, or, or out, on or outside, or strangers or outsiders on your home turf. Mm-hmm. Minus two to all tests to hunt outside your home turf. Minus one to other tests in which you your outsider status on another's turf may be dis- disadvantageous. Okay. All right. Now you may spend three willpower either individually or from more than one player to establish a supernatural or vampiric fact about it if you want. Whoa. Now the the you also yeah. may yeah. spend one willpower to establish a mundane fact about your home turf, an abandoned building, a sewer entrance, mm. a specific NPC, mm. etc. So this is in game. This is in game. So I might say like I'm spending one willpower Hey everyone, we're gonna go to the abandoned factory where we have that bolt hole in the basement or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It would be like that. So it's like, like spontaneous it. creation. Mm-hmm. We are so familiar with our territory that the mm-hmm. things that we need might be constant. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And Maylord, since you had, you know, since you mentioned, like, you know where to go. I mean, you're a cop, so yeah. you may have had shifts on different oh, areas yeah. of Gary. Yeah, it says that I've been in three different precincts. In okay. Gary. And wow. So I was okay. actually gonna ask if that mm-hmm. might negate my. Um, Minus one dice for like the outsider rules. Possibly, yeah. In some places. Depending on the place, like, yeah. At least, I mean, it sounded like I um, know how to find things better than most everybody. Absolutely, yeah. which yeah. is really important. Like, But if you were to go to Miller Beach, which is like a really more high, like sure. that's where Modius lives. Yeah. Um, if you if you were in Miller Beach, you'd be like, what you know, what are you doing here? So for so, things of like status, yeah, you wouldn't but say for navigation. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, you know the lay of the city very well. All right. Okay. So you're turf lords, and um, just keep in mind that you may spend one willpower to establish a mundane fact. 
and then three to establish a supernatural natural or vampiric fact about it if if it gets to that point. Alright. Okay. So do you all feel like you have a feel for your character? I have a qualitative feel for the good. entire situation. Okay, yeah. good. And, yeah. I, and I look to you for the quantitative well, minutiae. Yes, I will be <laughs> counting on both Davids to assist with that in addition to my own uh, stuff. So, Jen, I did have a question. Hmm. Your character does um, boxing. Is it like street boxing or is it like no. actual bouts? Actual, actual bouts. Oh, I'll wow. be drug tested and everything. Dang. The bout to knock the other guy out. Yes. Gal out. Well, gal in this case. All right, so. I have a small fan following. Yeah. Well, then I take oh, back wow. what so I So you are the Ronda Rousey. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I got a Facebook page and everything. Oh, so you're, you've got a cover? Like people, yeah. people don't know you're a vampire? No, they don't know. Uh-huh. Well, I think you might have more influence than the rest of us. In some in some situations, it's, yeah. Some fame there, yeah. Right. Well, Gary-centric. Yeah, Gary, yeah, and Gary. Yeah. Fun historical anecdote. What? Really? That may be completely wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> My favorite But one. I no. think the reason why Gary was the first location they chose for the very first vampire scenario was because that's where the idea was developed while they were driving to Gen Con. They were driving past Gary, and they were looking at this urban wasteland. They are just like, man, can you imagine a bunch of vampires there? <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my. And the rest is history. And the rest is history, so, yeah. Cool. The rest is now recorded history, in fact. Yes, yes. indeed. Hmm. And I mean, I think also that, and then this this um, edition is, uh, yeah, this re- this revision is actually taking into account the actual demographics of Gary. <laughs> yes, because when they wrote the original uh, scenario in, like, 1989 or 90, oh, geez. they were like, you know, they didn't have the internet. They didn't know what the demographics of Gary were. Right. So, like, in the scenario, it's just a bunch of white people. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> At least they fixed it. <laughs> they they yeah, did. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. That's all yeah. we can do. Yeah. 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 Updated it. Yeah. Exactly. It's updated exactly. 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 So, um, so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. We are I'm in. Scared, we are in these. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. We have. Yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied. satisfied. So we have. We have this brother sister who are kindred, not the same clan. Not the same what clan. Are you, what clan not are you? Really on the same do page. you want to share that or no? <laughs> It's on the sheet. Okay. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm just... You're gang girl. Yeah, okay. So everybody's cool. Gang girl style. We have our Nosferatu as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> In the house. Okay. So um, I'd be very afraid. Yes. Yeah. One last thing. What? Mechanically. Do we want to just do a quick tour of our discipline so just so we know what, what we all are capable of? So oh, absolutely. Yes, okay. X-Men team-up style. Sure, 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 sure. So I'll, uh, I have... <sighs> Two dots in fortitude and two dots in protein, so that means I can not just take a licking and keep on ticking. You can lick back. I can lick back. (laughs) (laughs) I can I can give out the lickings. Oh my god! I'm known for my licking. Um, No, actually, my preferred my my preferred method my preferred method of hunting is to get one of my um, one of my more decrepit. Customers high on something and then hunt him and drink his blood. Yeah, yeah, talk about that. Because <laughs> because when you when they have drugs in their blood yeah. system, it affects the vampire. The vampire sure. gets a hit. It passes it along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't have that. No. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't much of a user before my embrace, but now I'm kind of into it. Um, so fortitude, I have endurance. He was a pusher before. Mm. I was. I was a pusher man. Snowman. So uh, I have endurance. Which is, um, uh, let's see, I do not suffer a pool penalty for being impaired, and I have metal, which I can make a hunger roll to activate metal for one scene. I think, Dave, that's what it's talking about with losing a dice off your hunger roll. Mm. It's when you're rolling your hunger yeah. as, as a pool, I guess. Um, so I can convert aggravated damage, which is pretty cool. Mm. And then Protean, I've got two dots, which means I have Eyes of the Beast. Yes. Ooh, so good one. Ooh, uh, good one. my eyes glow soft, feral red. And I can see perfectly even in pitch darkness. Which is important because Gary has no lights. Right. That's true. That's well, true. I'll get, into, I'll get into that. Yeah. I'll get into that. Super useful. Okay. And then I have feral claws or feral flaws. Wrong. Nerf. Anyway, yeah, which is, is the classic gangrel wolverine move. Love it. Pop the claws. And uh, ew, if your claws break, you can regrow them by reactivating <laughs> this power. That's cool. That's not gross for me. Well, I'm just picturing it happening. You know, like... Just ripping off Hell somebody's yeah. skin. That's gross and amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's gross and amazing. All right. My lord. Okay. 
So I have a three in obfuscate, obfuscate. Nice. which nice. means that I can not only make my face look like whomever I want, I can mm -hmm. also change my clothes wow. uh, to make it look like Ooh. I'm wearing a uniform or <gasps> Terminator 2 style. <laughs> and uh, also I can change the sound of my voice. Wow. Nice. It sounds like my target. That's cool. Nice. And then I also have one in potence, which means that if I take critical damage, or if critical damage is done to me, I knock it down to a normal. Nice. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Staying power. You can also melt into shadows and basically move about unseen. Yes. Sweet. Super stealth, though. Yes. Yeah. All right. Padre. I have three dots in animalism and one in obfuscate. So wow. you can melt so, into the shadows. Mm -hmm. I get cloak of shadows actually. Cloak so of shadows, yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially, if you I'm the if I'm standing still in a corner and the corner's dark <laughs> and I don't move, if you don't have aspects or if you're not staring at me, you can't see me. <laughs> so like normal, normal, how is that different from normal uh, standing in the dark shadow? I have no idea, but it's apparently more, it's it's more better. So. It's it's activated by more other of rules, the shadows. So, All right. yeah. It's more nuanced. It's really Yes. Yeah. All right. It's enough. active camouflage, yes. but I can't okay. move while I'm Ultimately, we, we could know what he does in the shadows. Oh, brother. You know, if you, you have aspects, you could know. Yes, keep talking, please. <laughs> keep talking. So for my animalism, I have feral whispers, which means I can talk to feral animals, I think. Ooh. What animals? Do you do you have to identify a specific um, animal? Or? Um, I think it's predators. Let's oh. See. Let's see. It's, so coyotes. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> animals recognize me as a fellow predator and react with suspicion and fear. I can communicate mm. and command animals by murmuring to them in growls and using body language. I'm thinking probably like stray dogs. Yeah. In, yeah. in Gary is Feral probably cats. like the most proper one, maybe yeah. rats. It yeah. says the storyteller should respond bats. from the point of view of a local animal that has been drawn by your howls, chirps, or other inquiring noises. Ooh, chirps. Chirps. Koopa, koopa. Owls. Owls. Yeah. Owl exterminator. So I also have, for my second thought, I have subsumed the spirit, which is Ooh. essentially I send my consciousness into a feral animal oh. and uh, it walks around in a 10 mile radius I love that. Yes! I love to myself that. while my regular body becomes inert and comatose in, tor yeah, in torpor. <laughs> cool! <laughs> nice! Um, and last but not least, I have Quell the Beast, and Beast is capitalized, so I'm guessing that's like the beast within us all. Beast! So yes. I can either, I can cow a mortal's beast, which means that they can't use or regain willpower until the remained until the next day, I guess. Hmm. And then I can also quell a vampire's beast. Mm. And if I do that, it snaps them out of frenzy. Wow. 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 Um, however, I if I do that. It's such a preacherly thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. However, if I do snap them out of, or if I do cow their beast, they have to spend two willpower instead of one to reroll. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And but then... I cannot quell my own beast. All right. One round. Mm. Alright, I have two disciplines, celerity and potence. Wow. Okay, good. And We've got a nice schmear. Yeah, I hope so. Mm -hmm. Alright, celerity. <laughs> but it doesn't say, like, which of the celerities. Uh, it's by your dots. Dots. So Alright, so dots one. Right, so I am capable of an incredibly fast response time. Nice. Mm. I make a hunger roll to activate my alacrity for the scene. Mm. My initiative will then double. Hmm. I can use my dodge skill against firearms, even with no cover, oh, wow. without losing my next action. I don't suffer penalties when fighting multiple opponents. Hmm. Also, I have potence, which okay. I assume these are alphabetically. Yeah, I think they are. I hope they are. Hmm. I have potence level three, which is a penetrating strike. My blows achieve remarkable concussions, smashing huh. through protective gear and shattering mortal bones with oh. a single strike. That's exciting. And you also have one and two. And I also have one and two. Mm -hmm. One is prowess. Mm -hmm. I can attack with mighty force, uh, overwhelming my enemies. And soaring leap. I can wow. propel further than natural muscles will allow in flight-like leaps. Mm. Okay. Okay. And I also have rope-a-dope, which is... Rope-a-dope? Yeah. I have learned to distract my opponents in a fight and then dodge their blows. Nice. Mm. I gain one die to my dice pool when dodging a brawl attack. Okay. And calm heart. I have a great deal of control hmm. over my emotions and can maintain wow. my calm even in outrageous situations. <laughs> Once per oh. scenario. So 
So that um, would be this entire evening. Mm. Yeah, there's four scenes, so okay. you can do it for with scenario. each. Um, yeah. I can ignore a single one result of my hunger die. Oh, nice. nice. Very cool. That's very mm-hmm. cool indeed. Yeah, I, I have something here uh, that would affect everyone. Merit Seasoned Traveler. When you are traveling, provided you are simply passing through, you can move through any area unmolested, automatically avoiding any patrols. Uh, only parties who have been tipped off to your arrival, actively pursuing you, or have supernatural means of tracking may attempt to stop you. You may extend this bonus to anyone traveling with you, up to a number of people equal to your dots in the survival skill passing through the wilderness, or streetwise if passing through an urban area. And I've got five dots in streetwise. Wow! So Whoa. I can bring you all with me. Awesome! <laughs> awesome! Yeah. Okay. Just to be, just good to be aware of each other's. Uh, yeah, no yeah, absolutely. Because uh, on the take means that um, folks on both sides of the street may hear bad news and avoid getting into your business if they can. Hmm. Um, but again, a diet any persuasion role involving the police or gangs. Okay. Uh, the ear of the street, so I gain two dice to any investigation or streetwise rolls related to Gary or its inhabitants. Ooh, all right. Nice. All right. Nice. Right. So you know this. I this feel pretty place. confident. I think we're going to own this town. I think so. <laughs> we, all right. She laughs. <laughs> she laughs. This is, this is our turf. Yes. No one's going to get in. You know right. it very well, and that's, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're not. So, so let's start. All right. Mm. Nights for the kindred of Gary rarely involve the high-level politicking of a major Camarilla metropolis like Chicago. Vampire existence is subsistence, subsistence living, mm. draining vessels from one night to the next, hoping for the rare taste of exotic blood from a tourist or traveling businessman stepping into the wrong part of town, and craving a nugget of intriguing information from the world beyond. Mm. Feuds between Gary's kindred are often petty, but quickly resolved. Oh, I'm sorry, but quickly escalate to bloodshed. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, Wait I'm, a minute. Yeah. Oh, oh, what a relief. No! no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're resolved. Yeah, yeah they're resolved. Yeah, they're resolved through uh, bloodshed. Yeah. 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 When one party is dead, then it's resolved. Resolved. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> One left each party. One of each party is dead. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, Wait a moment. All right. Talking about the laws of Verona, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? <laughs> the smallest of disagreements are settled with violent finality. Oh my gosh. Neonates using abandoned factories, houses, and mills as battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Anarchs put an- enemies out to pasture in a hail of bullets before tearing away into the night. Mm. The greatest feud, in scope if not importance, exists between the long-standing rivals Modius and Juggler. Yeah. Modius is the Toreador Prince of Gary, and Prince is in quotes, <laughs> though that title is debated. How can you be a prince with few subjects when few subjects fear you, fewer still respect you, and your domain is an urban ruin? That said, Modius is a power in his own right. He has age, experience, and despite his delusions, the resources and pull to make any troublesome fledgling disappear without much fuss. All right, I get it. Juggler styles himself as the Anarch Baron, quote unquote, of Gary, but his connections to the Chicago Anarchs is tempestuous at best. While Gary befits the Anarch style of law and order, there is none. Better than operating under Camarilla traditions, Gary's kindred see Juggler as too old, too self-serving, and too caught up in his grudge against Modius to care for Anarch interests. Beneath the big two, a rabble of anywhere between between 10 and 20 kindred populate Gary. Hmm. There may be more, but nobody's counting. Just like the kind of his domain, the lifespan of a kindred inhabitant depends entirely on which of the city districts of vampire frequents, the businesses they influence, and the friends and enemies they make. Of the kindred embraced since Gary's economic collapse, the number to survive or remain in Gary for longer than five years is in single digits. Wow! Of the protagonist coterie, you guys, only Padre has been a vampire for longer than a few decades. Mm-hmm. And you would know this because he's been around forever. Yeah. You probably remember seeing him before you were embraced, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. sure. Oh, definitely. Would, he have, like, would, he have a sh- would you have a show on like late night local TV? <laughs> no, 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 no. Street corners. Street and, corners. Uh, you know, closing down factories. We have a report. If yes. there's ever like, you know, violent riots. Actually, you would mostly know me from when uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton came to, uh, mm-hmm. to film me in my public activities. Mm-hmm. I told him to go fuck himself with his fat wallet. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, oh. So, nice. That's a little, little yeah. 
Yeah, a little uh, street notoriety there. Yeah. Definitely. Well done. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight, your coterie is held together loosely through a mixture of ideals, family connections, desperation, and a realization that anyone who goes it alone in Gary ends up dead. Make their way to a drug deal in the dangerous industrial wasteland on the northern banks of the city. That's, I read that wrong. Okay, you guys are making your way. Skipped a few lines. No, it was, it's, it's all the same sentence. Oh all my right. god, that's weird. You know what? Totally understand. <laughs> I read some of this and I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's it's written very poorly. Yeah. So, uh, it's a I know how you feel. All right, y'all. So what I'm trying to say is, yeah. you are making your way to a drug deal in the dangerous industrial wasteland of the northern banks of the city. Is that our, that's not our turf. Is it? I wouldn't be there. Is it your turf? Sure. Does it specify for me? The northern? No. It doesn't specify. If you want it to be your turf, you can. If not, it doesn't have oh, to be. Oh, it doesn't specify what my current uh, precinct is. Mm. I don't, I don't think that's so. an issue. Yeah. Considering it's so important. I don't think mine's really my territory specified. No, no. it's pretty, it's pretty, um, I'm, I'm yeah. just straight edge. I'm interested. Now I'm going with this. I mean, if we're making But you are. You're, you're, you but are. But I am. Okay. But you are. Very yeah. well. I'll Sorry. be looking over snow. Part of the, part of the coterie. Yeah. Yeah, being a coterie, it's like, this is what we're doing tonight. So. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing tonight is picking up something for Modius. Yeah. Oh, okay. If we're making our way there, I'm guessing that means it's not in our turf because we're actually at the trap. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Sort of okay. implied with the language. Right. We're so, leaving. Like so, because few of you handle together. drugs as a vocation, um, and Zion has his own crew of dealers. Mm -hmm. um, this is true. It's just the under the instruction of Modius. So, how? I mean, how would you get them to go with you on this? mission to pick up something. Modius basically is saying that um, you know we're, we're under stewardship of 30 G's worth of H mm -hmm. tonight and um, we're going to deal the H away for a couple bag bags full of cash and then call Modius for further instruction. That's what you were told to do. Okay. So how do you convince them that you want, that you need them to? Um, basically I think uh, at our um, <clears throat> hold on a second Weekly coffee and pie night. Uh, <laughs> this is in Berlin. Uh, <laughs> coffee in the church basement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking I might spend a willpower point to, uh, to sure. create a, um, wow. like a, a meeting place that we have, like okay. a, a secure. What do you think? Um, there's some abandoned theaters. There's gonna, abandoned I everything. Thinking, I was thinking abandoned bank, actually. Yes! That's yeah. Perfect! Yeah. Well. Vault door, sort of like there it is. Yeah, right there. there. Yeah. Oh, really? Vault door. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Gone. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Perfect. Right, yeah, that's exactly it. Just trash strewn all over the floor. Yeah. Um and uh, and yeah, like just this. Uh, the vault is kind of our, our yeah. meeting place. Yeah. Okay. That way we can swing the door shut. If some shit goes down. Okay. So yeah. um. So Modius said that awesome. you know we want. You know, you're gonna want a co uh, your your coterie to watch your back during yeah. this. So I would I would have texted everyone just said mandatory meeting at the vault uh, uh, tonight. You know, Modius. Right, you're you're basically gonna go inside Hashtag the Modius. right. You're gonna go inside a closed end run the end run automobile manufacturing plant. Mm. There's a bunch of Glen Park 45ers that are gonna be there. It's a local gang. Okay. And um, they're gonna drop off. Um, they're going to drop it off. 30, mm -hmm. 30 G's worth of okay. heroin. Yep. So, to, um, this is just such a great handout. Thank you. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, to Sydney, I would say, you know, I need you along as muscle. Yep. I need you to be the muscle. And I need my corpses. <laughs> as, would you call them that? Yeah. As the, uh, as the eyes and ears. Um... Would I be able to spend a willpower to sort of like establish that this is something that I've done before in turn in trade for like probably some of the drugs to go to like, I don't know, some dry shelters that, you know, don't let people in with drugs, but can help like wean them down mm -hmm. a little bit if they're having the shit. Definitely. Oh, that's that's phenomenal. perfect. That is okay. phenomenal. That's great. I do it for cash money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, there is. You will, get, you will get a cut of the, of the deal. As per our usual arrangement. All right. So... All right. I'm looking for Because I can definitely help keep the cops, 
you know, uninterested. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good cover too. Yeah. All right, so let's, we're gonna, we're, we're cutting to you, we're in the car with you driving in the pouring rain. Mm -hmm. It is constantly raining, constantly raining in Gary. At least it makes it smell a little better. It doesn't though. Oh. It actually works. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes more mold. It uh -huh. activates the urine. It, it yeah. actually oh. is, is really right. a problem. Just a and greasy all. sheen over the sheets. Right. Or over the streets. <laughs> the, sheets. The, 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 the sheets of urine. Yeah. The sheets. Right. The and rain. Like, <laughs> the sewers start overflowing. The yeah. rain is constant. Um, and it's smashing into the streets. And it's very difficult um, for your windshield wipers oh, yeah. um, to, to get yeah. rid of it. Um, another thing for you to know is that um, the drug trade in Gary is far from healthy or burgeoning. Really? No major deals are made in the city as a rule, <sighs> simply due to the lack of buyers. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. But the city is used as a crossroads for larger deals okay. to Chicago or out west. Yeah. The Enron plant that you're heading to fell into disuse in the late 80s and was simply fenced off by the city. <laughs> and there's yeah. a couple different of gangs that are in control of this part of the city, but few make their way to the abandoned factories because they're just, it's not worth going into. The Glen Park 45ers are known, um, they're based in the south side of Gary, Indiana. Yeah. They're dedicated to vandalism, armed robbery, carjacking, and drug dealing. So, Small mm hmm Yeah, absolutely. The gangs existed for several years and makes the broad Glen Park um, area an unsafe space for anyone not looking to go there for a deal. Okay. The real word on the street says that the Gary Police Department won't consider drug a crime priority. So. Okay. Just in a couple, I, I want to expand a little bit more on your character so we know who you are. I'm going to give um, us all, all an opportunity to talk, maybe go through a little mini scene of who you are, talk about something with your relationships with other members of the Coterie, um, discuss the way your characters prepare for this deal and thoughts and doubts about it going on it going down. Also, if you want to feed, we can play through that really quickly too, so that your, you know, your hunger is abated at least for a little while. And there you have it. The pieces are on the board and the first move has been made. Join us over the next three weeks as we find out what fate has in store for our plucky little coterie.